All right, welcome to the podcast. This is the first in what we hope is a long series of conversations with Pacer-related people. We're here today with Darnell Hillman, former Pacer, still a Pacer employee. Fans know that Darnell Hillman was a high jumper on the basketball court, but they may not know that he was a high jumper in track and field. Only stands to reason, I guess, uh, given how well you could jump Darnell. But it's kind of struck me over the years that a lot of guys who were great leapers on the basketball court were not high jumpers in track and field. How did you get started on that? Well, I got involved in track and field when I was very young. Actually, I started being involved with track and field before I even started playing basketball. Um, The neighborhood in which I lived in in San Francisco, I had several of my friends had big brothers that were teenagers, and they were the ones that would take the younger kids out and teach us about the different uh, uh, things about track and field, uh, and you pick the one that you like, and then they worked with you and got you going. Well, I could never be a sprinter because I was way too tall and long, and um, by the time I got up to full speed, the race would be over. <laughs> but I loved to, uh, I loved high jumping, I loved broad jumping, and I loved to run the hurdles. So I did the hurdles for a while, and uh, did a little broad jumping, but high jumping became my, my passion and love during track and field. And you must have discovered at an early age that you had natural jumping ability? Somewhat, uh, living in the hills of San Francisco, running up and down the hills all of those years, um, growing up as a kid, I think that's what really helped develop my ability to jump. And then working on the skill itself and the technique, you just improve and get better and better. So I think that initially was my start um, with the high jumping thing. So how good of a high jumper were you in high school? I was just uh, an average high jumper in high school. Uh, I only cleared 6'6 six, six in high school, and I was 6'7, six, 6'8 six, in, in terms of how tall I was. Um, I had a, I, I use a, not quite a scissors kick in high school, but um, I had a problem with the trailing leg. I had plenty of height to clear the bar, but I could never get my long limbs over over the bar and after completing high school and now going to uh, San Jose State College, I changed my jumping style and technique and went to a modified straddle. Uh, at that time, the world record holder was Valerie Brumel, a Russian high jumper and I believe the height was seven five and a quarter. And I watched his style of jumping and, and saw how long and lean he was and thought if I could perfect that, I could probably increase my, my height. So I started working on uh, changing my, my form and technique, and lo and behold, uh, I was getting a little better. Yeah. Now, I'm sure the uh, your question to me is, well, what was the difference from high school to college? Uh, high school was 6'6". Six, six. My freshman year in college, I went to 7 feet. That's huge. It varied. Normally, the increase is maybe an inch and a half to two inches per season as you get better. And I have to, um, I have to give all the credit and glory to one of my former track teammates um, in helping me uh, find out about that distance of uh, six, six to seven feet. And I'm speaking of a gentleman by the name of uh, John Carlos. I was on the track team with John Carlos, Tommy Smith, and Lee Evans, all world-class record holders, all holding the world records at that time. And they were in the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. Exactly. Um, so 
During practice one day, I've got the bar set at six feet, and I'm working on my technique and skill, trying to, to better my trailing leg. And Carlos is coming around the track, and he veers off into the high jump pit, walks over to the bar, and knocks the bar down. So now, Carlos is a junior at this time, and I'm a freshman. I'm six foot, six foot eight, almost six nine. Carlos is about six four, about 240, 245. Could have been a linebacker or a running back. I'm only about 210 at best, <laughs> at best. So when he knocks the bar down, I'm looking at him like, you know, what's up? Why are you coming down here bothering me? I'm not on, a, on your track field interfering with your sprinting up and down. He walked up to me and grabbed me by the lapels of my shirt. Now I'm wrestling trying to get my get my shirt out of his grip and he's telling me if I ever see this bar set at this height again I'll come back down here in this high jump pit and kick your butt all over this field now while he's saying this I hear it but I'm still trying to get get this grip off of me so I can get some distance and size him up so eventually I get away from him and I look at him and I start to think a freshman 210 Junior, 6'4", 245, could be a linebacker. So I came to better senses of myself, and I thought, <laughs> Darnell, you better, you better work this out the right way. Man's so got to know his limitations. Yeah, man must always know his limitations, or think he knows them anyway. <laughs> so I said, well, Mr. Carlos, what would you like me to do? And he said, we're going to raise this bar up to seven feet, and this is what you practice at all week long. I don't care whether you make this height or not, but you keep jumping at this height. And at this time, your best jump is 6'6"? Six, six? My best jump had been 6'6". Six, six yeah. At six that time. inches higher, you're going to start trying to clear that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so all week long during practice, I kicked and hit this bar. And to the point by the third day, I was so frustrated with myself and not having cleared the bar. But I wanted the satisfaction internally and emotionally of knowing that I cleared a height this week. So I took a peek around the field to see if Mr. Carlos was around, and sure enough, he was out there and he was looking right in the high jump pit. So I didn't lower that bar down um, and continued the rest of that day and Thursday and Friday of practice, knocking the bar down. By Saturday, we had our first track meet. And Saturday was the day that um, I cleared the seven-foot mark. And as quick as I cleared the seven feet, before I could even hit the pit and land in the pit, I was already trying to stand up that I cleared the mark because it came to me. I got what Mr. Carlos was trying to do. The idea is you set your goals high, not so high that you can't reach them, but high enough that you have to work for it to attain it. And it, it should not be an easy journey. You really want to work at it so that you gain something from it. So once I cleared that mark, I got that from Mr. Carlos. It's like, oh, man, I understand what he was doing. So I ran all over the track field trying to find him to thank him for putting me on the right track and understanding it's not about practice, but it's about how you practice. Yeah. That's the difference. So in one jump, you went six inches higher than you ever had before. Correct. Wow. So from there, that's your freshman year. 
then what was your best effort in college at San Jose State? Uh, it remained at seven feet. Okay. Um, the start my very next year after um, my freshman year, I became a sophomore and uh, competed in a couple of track meets there, cleared 6-11, cleared 7, and then the start of my junior year, which I was really hoping to excel at it because I had gotten pretty good with the technique and form and the timing of it. Um, I was drafted out of college into the United States Army. Did you compete in the Army, though? Uh, not as track, no. Okay. I played basketball while I was in the Army. I was fortunate enough to make the uh, all-Army team in the two years that I served in the Army. I got a chance to play basketball and traveling around the world. Been to 16 third world countries and playing basketball and making that ambassador kind of thing there. So Yeah. So what you learned from John Carlos as a high jumper, did that in any way translate to basketball and help your basketball? Well, I, br I brought a lot of my high jumping skills and technique to the basketball court. As a, a leaper, I now wanted to become a shot blocker. Now the technique in high jumping, the last several steps before you take off are a lot different than it is in basketball, so I had to convert and change that and still figure out how I could get the maximum height out of my leaping ability. But um, when I came here to the uh, Pacers as a rookie here with this franchise, my high jumping skills benefit me a great deal. I set a franchise record of 10 block shots in one game, mm -hmm. and that record stood until Jermaine O'Neal tied it uh, when he was here. And then the big dog, Roy Hibbert, just broke it uh, before he left here okay. with 11 block shots in one game. So it stood for almost 30 some odd years, which that's something to be proud of when you're only six foot nine. And, you know, I, I give a great deal of credit also to Mel Daniels, who taught me how to play in the pivot so I could use my, my ability to block shots and a lot of things that teammates would force every guy's forced all those players into the middle and once that ball would leave that guy's hand he no longer has control of it and I can get, get to it before it hit, hit the peak of its height and I'd either catch it or block it and throw it out or whatever. So there was a sequence actually as a, uh, as a rookie we were playing the Miami Floridians and there was a sequence where they came down on the fast break and I blocked the layup shot they scrambled, got the ball back, went back up. I blocked that second shot. They scrambled, got the ball back for a third time, and I blocked that shot as well, and I yelled out to them, you only get three, four quarter, guys. Only three, four quarter. <laughs> oh, man. Their coach at that time was just livid with the fact that he had all these veterans on the team, and they couldn't figure out how to get this rookie out of the ball game. Yeah. And, and all I was doing just out there having a good time blocking shots. <laughs> <laughs> when you entered college, did you consider yourself a basketball player primarily or a track and field guy? Uh, entering college, I was primarily a basketball player okay. because I went into college on a basketball yeah. scholarship. Uh, okay. I played football while I was in high school, uh, quarterbacking in, threw the football 70 yards in the air in high school. Mm -hmm. um, but my, my high school basketball coach went to the football coach and said, hey, toughen him up for basketball, but don't get him hurt because we're going to need him out here. <laughs> so I didn't get to start or play in all the 
the kind of plays that I wanted to play in out there on the football field. And I learned about that after the fact. Had I known that, maybe I'd have said something to the coach, hey, you know, <laughs> I want to play out here all the time. <laughs> what was your favorite sport, though, at that time? At that school? time in high school, football was my favorite really? sport. I loved to play that quarterback position. The first time I, I got a chance to quarterback in high school, I was uh, 19 for 23. Man. And pass attempts and completion. So, and our, how tall were you at that time? I was about six, 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 seven, yeah. somewhere in there. So I was still pretty tall yeah. in, in high school. One of the second tallest on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always generally there was always a guy taller than me on the team, but I was a, the highest leaper on the team. Sure, the time, so. sure. Now you also were known for your afro. Did you have the big afro in, in college? No, didn't have the big afro in college. Um, the afro did not come until after I got out of the service. Okay. And the the reason for the afro was, you know, the military, they make you wear that bald head. And I hated having no hair on my head. <laughs> so that when I came out of the service, I said, I'm not ever getting a haircut again. And I happened to come across a photo shot of um, Angela Davis. And she had this beautiful afro, and I said, that's exactly what I want to do right there. And my rookie year coming here, I grew the afro out and got it out there. Didn't Slick ever get on you and tell you to cut it? Uh, yeah, he approached me after, I think, I, my start of my second year here. He called me in after practice one day and told me, I want you to get a haircut. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, well... You know, we got guys on the team with long hair. We have guys on the team missing free throws because their hair's in their eyes and they can't see the shots. I'm combing my afro nine times a day, every day. So it was well-groomed, it was well-even. I'd run down the floor, it would flow backwards. i stopped running, it would come right back into perfect form and shape. So he wanted me to go get a haircut. I go to the barber, and I had the barber just nip off the ends, just to even it up. And I come to practice the next day, and I got my hair packed down really tight and close, <laughs> really close and tight, thinking that I might be able to get away with this. Well, there was one strand that kind of stood out, and as Slick came up to me and taking a look at me, he grabs that strand of hair, and he starts pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and pulling it and pulling it. Now, my hair at that time was about 13 and a half inches long, almost as big as a basketball. <laughs> So when he got all the way out to 13 inches, he said, that's going to cost you. He fined me $300 and told me if I didn't get it cut this next time, he would suspend me indefinitely. So let's see, the night before, $15 for the first haircut, the fine, $300, and then going back to the barber again the next night, another $15. So I come into practice the next day, I got no hair on my head. Not quite as short as when I wore it in the service, but it was pretty short. And he goes, Dar, what are you doing? What'd you do? I didn't mean for you to cut it all off. I just wanted you to cut it down some. And it's like, slip, you got guys on the foul line missing free throws because their hair's too long. You know for a fact that I comb my hair nine times a day, especially being out in front of the public. Um, so that this is the last time I'm getting my hair cut. 
You need to do whatever it is you're going to do, but I'm not cutting it no more. <laughs> $330, too, for a haircut? I'm done. I'm done with the barber stuff. <laughs> is there anything else we should say about Carlos? Um, you know, the influence or whatever? That We kind of covered that, how he that lesson he taught. Yeah, he, he was a tremendous athlete, uh, remarkable individual in that Carlos could have probably done any sport that he put his mind to. Um, you know, we used to watch him. Now, Lee Evans was a world record holder in the 400. And Lee would run the quarter 10 times at practice every day. Tommy Smith at the 200 and the 100 yard and John Carlos. That was always a battle to see who was going to win that. They would get out and run the quarter with Lee. The last 30 yards Carlos would turn around and finish backwards and beat the world record holder in the quarter. And it just used to make Lee so <laughs> mad yeah. that somebody could clown like this and, and be this effective with doing something like this. So uh, when we talk about Carlos, you know, I look at some of these great athletes that they have today, but they aren't new. I, I was on the track team with three of them right there. Lee Evans, Tommy Smith, John Carlos. Those guys were unbelievable. Mm -hmm. the phenomenal things that they could do out there on the track and field. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 66 years 66. old. 66. Can you dunk a basketball today? Uh, no, I stopped dunking the ball probably about uh, Mel and I used to go out yeah. every year and jump over two hands and dunk the ball. So it's been three or four years now since I've dunked the basketball. I've got four herniated discs in my back. Okay. And um, the last time I went up to dunk it, the rim threw me down on the floor. And I said, well, the elevator doesn't stop on that floor anymore. So I stopped, <laughs> I stopped jumping up there trying to dunk that basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's great. That's great.